welcome to a special edition of Between the Headphones, Behind Enemy Bylines, the in-season preview podcast. I'm Owen Warden, your host for this podcast series where I'll talk with sports editors from Georgia football's upcoming opponents. This week, Andrew Wilf rejoins the show to talk about the Commodores' season thus far and to preview their game against Georgia. Welcome back to another episode of the In-Season Preview Podcast. Today, I've got Andrew Wilk back again to talk some Vanderbilt football. Andrew, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Owen, thank you so much for having me. Since we last talked, Vanderbilt has fell to 2-5, and five, five consecutive losses, um, two at the hands of non-conference opponents in Wake Forest and UNLV, and then the Commodores fell to Kentucky, Missouri, and Florida. A really tough situation on West End. There's been a quarterback conundrum with A.J. Swan being the quarterback for the first few games, and then Ken Steele is kind of taking the helm as Swan has been nursing an elbow contusion. A lot of interesting stuff on West End, but let's preview this game, and I'm excited to and really happy to be on the show. Absolutely. Now, before we really fully get into the game, you kind of touched on there. It's been a rough season, you know, unable to get any wins against SEC opponents and then also a loss to UNLV. What is it? What has kind of been the the feel around uh, Vanderbilt, especially coming off of last year, where there was a lot of promise of what this season could be for them? Absolutely, it's a great question, Owen. I think when you say the feel, it's really easy to just put put the the season in in one category. But I'd like to divide it into two: the non conference games, and then the games that are in the conference. In UNLV game, A.J. Swan threw three interceptions. Commodores were supposed to win that by two-plus touchdowns and really couldn't get anything going and lost the game in a turnover-riddled affair. Same type of thing happened in Wake Forest. And these types of games are really crucial in understanding what's gone wrong with the Commodores. Ball security was such an issue as they continue to lose the turnover battle, and that's what's happened. I think when we look about last season... The Commodores had some great wins against teams like Kentucky and Florida and almost defeated Missouri. The issue this year is those games aren't, aren't late enough in the season where there's enough momentum. And quarterback Mike Wright brought so much fire to the offense last year as A.J. Swan and Ken Seals are kind of just game managers that aren't bringing much excitement to this offense right now. Yeah, and, and, and that's kind of the biggest thing is is something we talked about was a possible, you know, jump that A.J. Swan could find because he, he, he flashed a little bit, you know, and, and those were moments that were potentially really fun for this team that could have been really exciting, especially if Swan managed to take another step. But unfortunately, it's been a little bit of a two-headed show and not in the best way. Run me through, what has been kind of the performance from Swan and Seals, in your opinion, and, you know, why has that kind of been a big disaster for this Vanderbilt team so far this year? Swan was the starter until until the Kentucky game. So he, no, sorry, until the Missouri game. He played in the Kentucky game. Swan, very, very excellent arm talent. Perfect textbook arm talent. But when he gets pressured, he doesn't know how to take the sack. Through a lot of interceptions had a lot of costly turnovers, and that was key in the losses to Wake Forest and UNLV. So now you're at 2-2. Two and two. After beating Hawaii and Alabama A&M and losing to UNLV and Wake Forest, you're at 2-2 two and two entering conference play. Against Kentucky, the story was pretty much the same. 
Swan got injured in the at the end of the first half in the UNLV game, an elbow contusion, but re-injured it in the Kentucky game and was nursing it, and then Seals ended up playing at the end of the fourth quarter of the Kentucky game. Then, heading into the Missouri game, Swan was on a pitch count. Seals ended up getting most of the reps with the ones, and then he got the nod. Swan is now healthy enough to start, but the team believed, heading into Florida, that Seals should be the quarterback to bring a new sense of energy, and Swan just wasn't good enough. So, it's the combo of his injury and his turnover-riddled appearances that made Commodore Nation change direction and bat an eye and look toward senior Ken Seals, who hadn't gotten the start since 2021. Seals is a quarterback that doesn't have much arm talent, can't really throw the ball past 15 yards, but he is a game manager and always plays within himself. But he's not the type of quarterback that can win you a game, but he's not going to lose you a game per se, if that makes sense. But down the line, you want Swan to be your quarterback. And I wouldn't be surprised if Swan ends up getting the nod after the bye week. But before that, I expect Seals to start against Georgia. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, Seals seems to be a little bit more of the safer option, uh, a little bit more of the careful option, just because Swan, I mean, you, you said it yourself. It, it's been very turnover heavy for him, and it's been rough. But, you know, what is your kind of overall thought of the offense with Ken Seals in there what do you think he brings to the table and how do you think he spreads the ball to you know Vanderbilt's wide receivers which I mean especially in cases like Will Shepard have actually been solid this year yeah Vanderbilt's wide receiver room is one that is their strongest in addition to Will Shepard you have London Humphreys London Humphreys is a true freshman that is as fast as lightning he broke the 100 meter dash Within the Nashville metro area, he actually beat Jalen Ramsey's record. I think that we had talked about that a few weeks prior. Quincy Skinner, really solid receiver, big body guy, but can't really create separation because he's such a big body receiver. I also look at Jaden McGowan, who's a Swiss Army knife. Really can put him in the slot, you can put him in the Y, you can put him in the backfield. He'll always find ways to get open and, and bring a lot of fire to the offense. And Will Shepard is the most NFL-ready player on the team, aside from Vanderbilt's punter, uh, Matt Hayball. So all those, all those factors are really interesting. And then when we look at Seals, Seals brings veteran experience, right? He was the start in that 2020 year. Vanderbilt, I know, went winless in 2020, but Seals had so much experience playing against SEC teams, started for half of the 2021 season, and he's been with his Clark Lee offense, or Joey Lynch offense, I should say, since day one. So Seals has a lot of veteran experience and hopefully he can bring that knowledge within the entire offense. Definitely. And, you know, it's interesting to see how it all plays out because Will Shepard has been very impressive this year. He's, he's built, he's looked really well. And, you know, I know Vanderbilt has had been in situations where, you know, they kind of have to pass, you know, they go down a little bit early, so they, they let the ball fly. But, you know, even in those scenarios, Will Shepard has looked really, really good and definitely an NFL caliber player, um, and I'm excited to see how that kind of goes from there. But switching gears a little bit, looking over on the defensive side of the ball, what has stood out from you? I know there's another player on that side that's also looked pretty solid so far, but you know, what is your interpretation of the Vanderbilt defense and who really stands out among that group? Look at safety Derecki Wright. He's been the commander of the defense. Unfortunately, he won't be playing against Georgia. He has a high ankle sprain and won't be ready. Jalen Mahoney will hopefully be back. 
He's a really solid player in the secondary. I also think of C.J. Taylor, who's the Vanderbilt's anchor, and he's really solid. Vanderbilt's run defense has been their Achilles heel since day one, and that's Georgia's ground and pound, and that's where I predict Georgia to really run down Vanderbilt's throats. Um, Ray Davis had a, had a very solid day, the Kentucky running back. Missouri ran for a lot, and then Brady Cook at 500-plus passing yards. So when you can really develop the run, the run game, which Georgia will probably do, then it puts the pass defense on their heels. What I look for is a better rushing rushing defense performance this weekend because that's Vanderbilt's only hope of staying competitive before the halftime break begins. Yeah, and it's interesting to see because, you know, Georgia's running game has been a little streaky at best, you know. Uh, best performance against South Carolina where Dejon Edwards ripped off uh, his career high. But aside from that, nothing crazy from Georgia's running game so far this year. But this Vanderbilt game definitely strikes kind of like what the Kentucky game was last uh, this past week uh, and this past weekend where, you know, Georgia really found success in the, the air game. This could be the game where Georgia maybe finds success on the ground. But again, you, you mentioned him there. C.J. Taylor has been honestly, I think, pretty solid for this team, leading the team in tackles with 45, three sacks. So I think and then also two forced fumbles. So, you know. I think C.J. Taylor's been pretty solid, definitely a, a player to keep an eye on um, going into this game. But, yeah, I know I know it's a little tough. Jalen Mahoney being being hurt, uh, Dericky Wright being hurt uh, now. It, it's tough. It's a tough blow for this defense. But, you know, hopefully they can get back and, and get strong again sooner rather than later. Um, but, you know, again, I've mentioned some of the guys that I have actually liked on this on this team. You know, out of everybody so far this year, Who's kind of been your favorite player to watch and or cover, Andrew? Matthew Hayball. And when you Matthew Hayball is Vanderbilt's punter. He had SEC Special Teams Player of the Week already this year. He's been on the Ray Guy Award watch list. To give everyone context, the Ray Guy Award is the Punter of the Year Award for college football. And I hate to say it, but Hayball is in the right place if you're looking at an SEC team that wants to be a a punter because the Vanderbilt's offense punts a lot and or Vanderbilt punts a lot um, I think average like seven seven or eight punts a game and most team I think averages average four so he gets a lot of reps and he has a lot of really solid punts I think his average is around like 60 plus yards he had a 75 yard punt against Hawaii he he reigns from Australia and I hate to say I love watching him but it is it is exciting and satisfying as a football junkie like I am to see him pin the ball on the one or two yard line. Yeah, and not, nothing wrong with rooting for a punter. I mean, we look back at the, the Patriots-Rams Super Bowl from a few years ago and we watched Johnny Hecker break records and that was the most exciting thing to come out of that game. But, you know, before before we even got into the fourth quarter, you know, we, we, had, we were rooting for Johnny Hecker to have great performances at the punter position. So nothing wrong from my perspective of, you know, rooting for someone to be a successful punter. But, you know, Georgia's got themselves an Australian punter. And, again, it's fun to watch. It, they, they do a good job with those guys out there. And, you know, Matthew Hayball, former uh, Florida Atlantic punter, I believe. Yeah, a Florida Atlantic punter. You know, he's played really well with Vandy. And you know what? He, he's gotten the opportunity to, to get a lot of tape. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, but, again, we've talked a lot about, you know, certain players that may have fallen uh, short. But, who is one specific player that has kind of been a little bit disappointing for you, despite the, the preseason expectations for them? 
I think about running back, running back Patrick Smith. I said he'd be the bread and butter of this offense, and although Vanderbilt's offensive line hasn't given him much help, Vanderbilt's rush attack has just been putrid. Nothing really going. I think four straight games having, uh, I think it was, I don't know, I, I think maybe four straight games having less than 150 yards on the ground or something um, as a running game. But I could be wrong with that. I know I know for sure that he hasn't gotten a 100, 100 yard performance in the past few games and he just hasn't really been doing much. But on the positive end, the other running back, Cedric Alexander, who's a true freshman, has really shown that he should be the commander of this offense from a running back perspective. Definitely. And I love the pun, whether intentional or not, of the commander of the offense. But, um, you know, either way, I think Cedric Alexander was a guy that I was really excited about, a guy that I thought kind of fell under the wayside as, as far as recruiting goes, and a guy that I think could really take this offense to another height. But yeah, I can't help but say but the, the, that the, the, the junior Patrick Smith has been a little bit disappointing. He's kind of fallen flat, and you know, I think I think you're kind of getting to a point where maybe you give you let the freshman take over. Um, but you know, that's all in theory. That's all stuff that maybe we want to see down the road. But let's look right around the corner. We got Georgia. It's an interesting matchup. Georgia's coming off its biggest win. Vanderbilt, unfortunately, coming off of another loss where they've scored the least amount of points they have against an SEC team, but they still have managed to score at least 28 on SEC opponents so far this year. So let's ask you about it. What do you think of this upcoming match with Georgia? And overall, what are your opinion of the Georgia Bulldogs so far this year? Right, Georgia Bulldogs are the they're the Taj Mahal of college football. They're the Mecca. They are the team to be, right? Two consecutive national championships looking to three-peat. I know you don't have Stetson Bennett again. I know you don't have those those uh, defenders like you did, but it's still the same defense. It's still the same coaching system. We said this this summer when we were previewing the team. I really don't think Stetson Bennett's that big of a loss, and, and I really see that. I do also think Kirby Smart is is – um, one of one as a great coach, and he's really made a great program down in Athens. I think it's really going to be exciting to see how they do in the SEC championship game. But Georgia, Georgia will be in the playoff again. I know it's a four-team playoff again. Um, I look at this game as Vanderbilt's 31.5-point underdogs is not enough points. Vanderbilt is 0-7 against the spread, everyone. And... I was looking at metrics. I think like statistics would say the game's going to be 47 to 7 Georgia. The reason I say that is cuz this run defense is just so solid and there's not much going on the Vanderbilt offense. I see us going three and out a lot. And then on the other end of the on the other end of the spectrum, I look at Brock Bowers as a guy who will just infiltrate the entire zone coverage and two deep high safety which Vanderbilt often plays to gain to get ga- gains of chunks of yards to numbers like 14, 15, 16 yards. So that's what I see. I'm really excited to see um, how First Bank Stadium does. Hopefully there's more black than red in the stadium, but probably not. I saw tickets were going for $200, and that never happens for a Vanderbilt game. So hopefully the Commodores can matriculate some energy early, or it's going to get ugly right away. For sure. And again, you just you hit us with the 47-7 prediction. I'm going to guess something similar. I think at 47 to nothing, I think I think it might be another third straight shutout for Vanderbilt just because the offense just hasn't been able to get going. But, you know, either way, you know, Vanderbilt off of this loss, 
where do they go for the rest of this season? How do they progress? And, you know, how do maybe they try and change momentum, especially after another loss, this time a potentially big one to Georgia? The team is so banged up. I think the bye week will be very, very much needed. So there's a bye week after Georgia, and then the Commodores play <clears throat> Ole Miss, South Carolina, Auburn, and Tennessee. So it's going to be very exciting to see what happens after the bye week. I really thought the Commodores could have made a bowl appearance. I've been so, so disappointed. And there's been a lot of issues with the coaching. What's going to happen is offensive coordinator and defensive offensive coordinator Joey Lynch and defensive coordinator Nick Howell, I think they both will get fired after the season. Athletic director Candace Story Lee really believes in Clark Lee. He's extended till 2029, which is a very long time. I predict them to change coordinators, go a different direction, maybe look at the transfer portal for a different quarterback, and kind of pack the house from there. I think the, the main goal is hopefully try to beat Auburn, but the Commodores will not win in South Carolina, in Ole Miss, in Tennessee. It's a very tough schedule playing in the SEC, and I think their over-under on win totals was three and a half, and it is not looking like it's going to hit. Yeah, not not great for Vandy this year. It's been rough, and you know when you play so many tough teams in the SEC, it's it's hard to win them all, and it's been really hard for Vandy to get to catch one break. But Andrew, thank you so much for hopping on the pod with me. I really appreciate it. As we close out here. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, find your work, and find your stuff. Oh, and really appreciate it. Yes, follow me on Andrew underscore Wilf. That's W-I-L-F as in French fry on X, not Twitter. We have to say X now. And Vanderbilt Hustler website, Andrew Wilf. We release articles daily um, covering Vanderbilt, all things Vanderbilt sports. We broke the news about Sarah Fuller as Vanderbilt, as the first woman kicker ever, and we're a very story organization, and Really thank you all for listening in, and hopefully the Commodores can garnish up the biggest Herculean upset in college football history. That would be absolutely incredible, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if that's able to, to be accomplished. But, hey, you know what? It'd be another story um, that would uh, make headlines. But either way, Andrew, thank you so much for joining me, man. Thank you, Owen. Have a great one.